What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sam's Report. It is uh, 10 a.m. on a Friday on the 23rd of the month. We are plowing through here, heading our way towards building, heading our way towards I.O., and a little bit after that, hitting uh, what Apple calls WWDC, or Worldwide Developer Conference. Yes, it is moving on. Um, good week. I mean, I don't know. I, I tend to share personal things from time to time. I, I don't know if this is really personal or not. I think I've talked about it. So, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know if we're actually going to do this. This is more of like life thing. So obviously I'm in my basement right now and it's always been my desire to not work in my basement every single day. It's obviously fine down here. I'm not deconstructing. We're not moving and I will never, I won't, I'm not going to rip up the studio because moving all this is too much and moving these things it, it's not going to happen but um we're in the process of potentially looking at putting an addition onto our house um and a friend of ours is doing some architectural work and drawings and stuff and um hope excited to see what they can come up with we we don't know if we're actually going to do this uh, we, we have a budget and things have to come within the budget we're not going to overextend ourselves on the house and our mortgage payments and all that stuff you know try to be quasi semi financially responsible with our lives we live in a house that's under our means and so what we want to do is put on like a large family room and a master bedroom and uh, what what that would do would be to free up one other bedroom upstairs and then i would turn that into at least my daily office we'd put doors on it and just get me out of the freaking basement i don't know i don't know if we're gonna do this it's like if it comes back and it's 80 grand yeah we'll do it tomorrow if it comes back and it's 275 grand to do this we're not gonna do it um so we'll see i i'm just kind of the the idea of doing a home renovation is exciting the process of doing one is not exciting anybody who's ever gone through this will know we remodeled our kitchen actually i did it with my father-in-law my father-in-law did quite a bit of the, the kind of finishing work like the tile cutting but um, i did all the demo and building out the floorboards and all that stuff and um, i did it actually while i was in graduate school and working i didn't have a kid yet but um so the idea of doing construction i'm sure as hell not building an addition but um, the fortunate thing is if we do all this work, it's actually an extension to the house. So there's not a whole lot of interior work. So it's going to be rough. It's going to suck, but some, I'm going to be paying other people to do it. It's on the, it's not inside the house. Although there will be some interior work. We're going to take out one wall and make it a dining room and then turn a bedroom into an office. But that's all relatively minor compared to what the addition would. We will see. I don't know. I have no idea how much this is going to cost. And so we're just kind of ballparking it out now and seeing, hey, can we do this this year? Or do we need to, you know, save our pennies for a couple more years? So we'll, we'll see. We haven't committed either way, but um, fortunately we have a family friend who, uh, who can do the architectural work, which is gonna save us some money and help us do the design work and then contracting and all that stuff. So if, you know, if you've gone, lived through that and you have any pro tips, I would, I'm all ears because I've never actually done an addition. I've bought homes before, but I've never actually paid someone to come out and do it. I'm not super handy dandy, although I did put up all this stuff and it's done all right, but, um, I don't, I, I can't do an addition that would be hysterical on many levels. One Brad trying to pour like concrete would be, <laughs> it would be a freaking disaster. But, um, anyways, let's just dive into the show, shall we? Because I got an interesting tip this week. Uh, Monday or Tuesday, and I apologize, I can't remember who sent it to me. They said, hey, what the heck is going on with Bing? 
And um, I was like, what do you mean? And they pointed to a, a very subtle change. So on Twitter, if you use, um, if you look at a tweet that is in another language, actually, I know where the tweet where they found this was what, related to the Wonderless stuff. There's a translate option and Twitter uses Bing to translate. Well, in the not so distant past, it used to say Bing translate. They've kind of subtly changed it to Microsoft Translate. And somebody's like, is Bing going away? And I'm like, there's no way, no way. And so I, I poked around and asked a few people and um, th there's no way that Bing is going away. Bing is a very powerful brand. Um, let me, I wanna actually look it up, uh, like site info, let's see here. Bing is a, a huge website. Like it, granted, it's not Google. Why is this taking so long? Uh, there we go, bing.com, just doing it on the Lexus site info. Uh, on a global scale, Bing is the 44th largest website on the planet. I mean, that's, you, you can't count that out. That is a large website. And so I was like, no, there's no way they're getting rid of this. And so what it, what it appears that they're doing is that they're not de-emphasizing, but that's kind of what they're doing is that they want to emphasize Microsoft over Bing. And so when it comes to some sort of like plugins and external stuff like that, they're pushing Microsoft more than their subsidiary brands such as Bing. Um, they don't ever want you to go to Microsoft.com and then search for something like um, your favorite pictures or whatever. You're still going to go to Bing. Bing is not going away. But it, it's just kind of an interesting shift that they want Microsoft to be the premier uh, brand as opposed to um, they want Microsoft to be the premier brand, not Bing. <laughs> like nine things going through my head. I just heard a knock at the door and I'm trying to wonder maybe it was Amazon. I don't know who's coming to my house at um 10 a.m. on a Friday, but you know, somebody's there. So also the other thing is Bing can't go away. Well, Bing can go away, but it would totally wreck Google because then they would be the only search engine. And uh, that would be a nice antitrust thing right there. So other things going on, Sea of Thieves, if that's your jam launch this week, it's got a lot of kind of mixed reviews. And so I don't think it's bad. I don't think this is a flop by any means. It basically what it comes down to is it looks incredibly impressive. It's got some unique characteristics of the gameplay. Um, it it kind of suffers from the destiny thing that there's just not a whole lot to do. It's, it's very repetitious, but it's much more casual. This it's, um, it kind of falls in, it depends on what category of gamer you fall into. If you like the grind, if you like, um, having to work for hours and hours and leveling up and doing all that stuff. Sea of Thieves honestly may not be for you, at least not yet. And I would expect that there's going to be more content coming, at least I hope. Um, but if you're a person like myself who just kind of enjoys some casual gaming on the Xbox with some friends where you can just jump in, play for a couple hours, uh, and then miss for two weeks and then come right back in and be kind of not behind everybody is, uh, it, it, it's, it's great. And so, yes, there can be grindy parts if you really want to, but it can also just be a nice casual gameplay as well. And it, it's interesting. And so I'm personally optimistic about it. I think the artwork is fantastic. Um, I think that the direction is very unique. I think there's a lot of potential here. And the only thing that concerns me, to be honest, is that when games have a lot of potential and it's destiny that is ruining this for me, is that companies tend to screw it up. They tend to, they don't listen to the feedback. They don't get it right. Um, but I'm optimistic that they can take Sea of Thieves and really expand this and turn this into some great IP for Microsoft. 
So I, I'm curious to see how the narrative evolves for this game. As long as they can be consistent in pushing out new content updates uh, for the game, I think it's it might be really something that is uh, good for Microsoft long term. Um, like I don't look at this and think, God, man, they really screwed this up and it, it's just going to tank overnight. Um, I, I really don't think that because this is a true pirate game. And we don't get a lot of those that are in this style. And so I hope it um, I hope it takes off for Microsoft. We'll see. They had some technical issues with the, the servers, even though they tried to load balance them. Um, it seems like that's kind of the ongoing theme every time a new game launches is that, uh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. We will see. We'll see. Um, a lot of enterprise stuff this week as well. I, I kind of kicked off with some non-enterprise stuff, but Microsoft has been dropping it like crazy this week. There's also some Google enterprise stuff that came out this week. Uh, one of the first things that came out is Microsoft is detailing what Project Denali is. And so I, as you can imagine, Microsoft has data centers all over the world. They just announced some for the uh, European and Middle Eastern regions. And you can imagine they buy a lot of storage. They do. They buy a lot of solid state. Uh, I think they even, they're still buying a lot of those traditional platters. And so what they're trying to do is trying to standardize some of the open channel stuff uh, further, I should say, further standardize some of it. And so they're working on a new standard that is an evolution of the open channel that defines the role of the SSD against the standard interface. And they've got a bunch of partners like CNEX Lab, Samsung, Intel, and many others that are helping them along this, which means this isn't just Microsoft saying, hey, this is what we want. Uh, but the fact that they buy so much of this stuff, the fact that they are kind of a leader in this segment uh, makes me believe that this is absolutely going to happen. And one important aspect of Denali is it allows for support of FPGAs or field programmable, field, field programmable gate arrays on the host side. And if you've paid attention to anything Microsoft has done um, at the past, they definitely talked about it last year build. I can't remember if they did the year before. Microsoft is big on this stuff. Very, very big. And so this is a big deal for them. The fact they've got so many partners, um, I definitely think this is going to be coming uh, and become an actual standard. And Microsoft is going to be leading the way. But they are doing it through open uh, communications. It's not like they're trying to just you know hold the secrets like the like uh, Sea of Thieves running with a treasure chest. Um, they're definitely sharing it about. Other things that were announced this week, we kind of knew this was coming, but um, Windows Server 2019 is coming in the second half of 2018. Other things that also happen in the second half of 2018 are, are, is Ignite. I would imagine that maybe that's where they're going to try to make the announcement. Um, it's a logical time to do it so, and so that's coming. But if you're interested in doing this, you can actually download the preview program right now. And so they're basing this release around kind of four major pillars, which is hybrid, hybrid security, application platform and hybrid converged infrastructure. For some reason I like saying that. Uh, new things in the hybrid world with the server 2019 and Project Honolulu. What this allows you to do is to basically integrate Azure services such as Azure backup, file sync, and disaster recovery right into server. And no surprise there, Microsoft is, well, they kind of just rip things out of their hybrid or their cloud scenario and turn it into on-prem server. And so basically they're making it easier to tie all this stuff together. No surprise there. And um, that's kind of one of their major advantages for getting people to jump up to Azure. On the security side, uh, Server 19 will now include shielded VMs that now support Linux. So, and then they're adding encrypted networks that let admins encrypt the network segments, just as the name would suggest. And they're also embedding Windows Defender Advanced Threat Protection. Microsoft loves the ATP brand. They love that product. And they are now embedding it into server. On the application platform side uh, in Server 19, their goal is to reduce the server core base container images to a third of its current size, which is currently five gigabytes. 
Um, so that's going to be ideally a, a smaller footprint. Although I, I don't hear too many people complaining these days about running out of storage on prem anymore because storage is so cheap but they're going to make that streamline optimize it a little bit um, and then also in server 2019 they're introducing significant improvements to compute storage and networking and components of the kubernetes cluster so if you're in the kubernetes environment that'll be um, good news for you and so there's just a bunch of other stuff if server 2019 is your jam i highly recommend checking that out because you are going to be doing that uh google also announced this week this is kind of related it's also enterprisey uh the the cloud security command center so this is kind of a parallel to the azure security center if you're in google cloud they're now rolling out some new security features no surprise there uh, I mean, Google's got to play catch up to what Microsoft is doing. They're taking their own unique approach, and this is another giant step towards that. And so while they are coming from behind, they are definitely adding features and uh, closing that gap with each release. The question is, can they ever truly close it? Because Microsoft and AWS both have a massive lead. But at the end of the day, I'd rather there be three cloud players than two. And so, you know, good luck to Google. And, and Diane Green's doing a great job over there. And, uh, you know, keep pushing forward because the consumer wins or consumer or business world wins. So uh, jumping out of the enterprise world for a second here, uh, wonder list. This came out um, earlier in the week. And so it seems like the founder of wonder list is no longer at Microsoft based on his kind of tweets. And somebody was asking him and said, Hey, what the hell happened with wonder list? And long story short here is that they the first company in the world to ever do this they underestimated how long it would take to transition an it project from platforms and so wonderlist was built on aws obviously microsoft doesn't want that so they needed to port it over to um azure and they were having trouble with that and specifically he called out the office and exchange integration portions of integrating the api and all that stuff so that was a big screw up and then they also had to do uh, which they were trying to build at the same time. And it was just a mishmash of just a disaster waiting to happen. And Wonderlist has just become a straight casualty where mixed communications of saying, hey, it's dead, now it's alive, now we're supporting it, now it's dead again. Um, Microsoft just totally botched it at this point. And I don't even know if they're going to get any true value out of Wonderlist anymore because they've lost all momentum. Like it was one thing saying, okay, Wonderlist is dead or going to die. Jump over to do, to to, to do. It's kind of hard to say. And that sounds great. Okay, so we can get those users to migrate and all that good stuff. Well, then they were like saying, hey, actually, it's not dead. Maybe you could just stay there. Maybe you should come over later. Maybe whatever. Uh, um, the momentum that they had by acquiring Wonderlist has appeared to be completely gone. And so, yeah. Anyways, uh, personally, I'm on Todoist. I will eventually, I would imagine, go over to Todo, but they have a long way to go before I'm fully ready to do that. Uh, Microsoft also shipped a new build of Redstone 5 this week. And the only thing that matters to me is that Walking Cat uh, has found um, some more references to Cloud Clipboard. I don't, I, I don't, it's definitely not dead. The text that he found, it says, you can share a small piece of text via Clipboard and paste them on any device. Cloud Clipboard is coming. Uh, he said his Clipboard is coming, but he's not sure if it's enabled. And it might actually be with Windows V, uh, might be the shortcut key, which is annoying. I'd rather just be all tied into Windows C or Control C. I don't know why I would need to hit an additional key. It actually is what I'm going to end up doing. If that is the case is remapping <laughs> those keys so that when I hit control C, it just automatically goes to the clipboard. But, um, so that is definitely not dead. And 
Yep, that makes me happy, actually. It makes me very, very happy. Not as happy as potentially getting my office out of the basement, but um, that is good stuff. And other things that you should be aware of, uh, Apple is having an event next week in Chicago. It's an education-focused event. Google has done this. Microsoft has done this. And what's expected are new lower-cost iPads for the mark for the education segment and expect to see some software uh, iterations there too it'll be interesting to see apple's take they're going to obviously be pushing ipads and not their true mac but um, we know that ipads tend to work well with kids and we will see i'm curious to see how they approach this uh and then actually be kind of interesting to compare and contrast how apple how google and microsoft are all kind of going after the education segment which is a very competitive industry which is somewhat interesting because people tend to think of there's not a lot of money in education but there kind of is especially for the hardware partners granted low margin but you get high volume so that's kind of what's going on in the world of tech this week the world of microsoft we've got a bunch of questions as usual and which is always 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 my favorite part let me refresh it here get a couple more came in waiting for the page to reload come on come on come on there we go all right, T182, it says, Brad, I see sometimes you post on Throt.com and other times you post on Petri. What determines where you post an article? So good question. So the way we kind of think about things is, generally speaking at a high level, Throt.com is the consumer side of the BWW Media Group, which is the parent company. Uh, and Petri is the enterprise side. So if it's kind of more IT pro enterprise stuff, that is definitely going on Petri because there's a massive audience for that over there. And while that might exist somewhere, somewhat on Therat, we definitely stoke the fires on the Petri side. So if it's consumer-ish related, it's going on Therat. Um, if it's enterprise stuff, it's going on Petri. And if there's kind of like, eh, it could go either way, I typically put it on Petri is kind of the thought. Dan1986 says... Why hasn't Microsoft themselves posted anything about Edge being available on Android tablets? Any reason for the radio silence on that note? The iPad release of Edge got a mention on Twitter, yet yet Nari I mentioned. I, I think it's probably because there's not a whole lot of Android tablet users out there comparative to iPads. Now, I know there are Android tablets. I have one at my house and I use it on occasion. My guess here is that the market share of that is just not big. And I don't, honestly, I don't even know if there is Edge for Android on the iPad or uh android on the ipad jesus uh edge on android on a tablet here we go running out of liquid in my mouth drinking the mango this week i i just don't think it's as big of a deal i don't think they're really too concerned about that market um apple kind of owns the tablet market from that perspective so that's that's my guess why uh carl and hi says we get customers with tech support scams every week yeah, that's not surprising. Near as I can tell, uh, this mostly comes from malvertising. What are the chances Microsoft could present this by teaching Edge to recognize and block attempts to put this message on things like Trojan virus attack, do not turn off your computer, call Microsoft help support. So that's an interesting thing. They do actually go after this stuff. And they're more aggressive than than you might think. I, I know this from personal experience. They will actually try to hunt down the host and all that stuff. The problem is that it's hard um, to spin up a website that does that and put it on a server that's in the middle of nowhere um, can be very expensive to track down and do all that. They do go after these tech support scammers. Now, could they hard code something like that into Edge? Possibly, but I think the ramifications could be interesting that the false flags might be more damaging than the positive flags, I guess is what I'm, I'm trying to say there. Um, to be honest, if anybody should do it, it should probably be Chrome because that's the most popular browser at this point. But the malvertising is a very serious and real issue. What they need to do is just keep the education run, running. 
um, about how you know it's a scam. It's kind of like if you're in the U.S., the IRS will never call you. They will only send you a letter in the mail. Microsoft will never prompt you through web browser to call them for help. And so um, it's a tough one, right? Because clearly they could put things like that, but then they're just going to change their message. And so they're in a cat and mouse situation there. Uh, HRLN GRV says, Paul is pretty clear about S mode being an ideal future for Windows. From your perspective, how does Microsoft make S mode the common form of Windows without losing its enterprise customers, which they believe they need to use complex software, which may never be available in Microsoft Store? Is Windows headed for... A, uh, a separate leisure and workaround versions like in the late 1990s, or is Microsoft beginning a long transition around all complex software on servers? So I think you're hitting a, on a lot of things here. And so I think S mode is by far the future for the consumer. The enterprise world is a totally different beast and it doesn't have to live in the S word. Microsoft is going to play to that, that um, group, however, is going to work best for them. They're not going to force them into the store because there's no need to. Microsoft sells lots and lots and lots of enterprise licenses and they don't even want to attempt to screw that up. Consumer is a completely different story. There's a lot of benefit for Microsoft being able to live in a store-only world for the consumer. So my impression is that S-Mode will eventually just kind of become the thing that most consumers use. Um, the store has grown exceptionally well lately, especially since they've lowered some restrictions and made things easier to get in with uh, the bridges and all that stuff. I mean, I... I, I'm an outlier, I know, because I, very few people are running Voice Meter and XSplit at the same time, which are traditional apps, and I don't, I don't even know if it's possible to get those into the store. Maybe possible, but and then I need uh, Adobe Premiere, which again, getting that into the store. Um, but I'm an outlier. My parents could use Esmo just fine. A lot of casual users could use it just fine these days, and so. I, I do think that is where they are headed and I am, it, it makes me a little bit more optimistic because if they can truly get to that world, then there's a lot of benefits for Microsoft on the support application side of Windows by just being in the store. It's a lot easier to update everybody. It's a lot easier to patch things at that point. Um, it's a lot more secure, but it's a long, long journey and they, they got out to the wrong foot with Windows 8 and um, they... You know, if they could go back in time, launching the store with the bridges made sense, but they tried to go all in and it obviously didn't work. And so I, I think S-Mode is the right way. And I, I'm more optimistic about that than Windows 10S or even Windows 8 and all that good stuff. So uh, Rob Segal says, uh, what do you see as being the future of IE? Will it survive after Windows point, Windows 10 or Windows 8.1 is out of support? Will it survive? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on this, even on this machine, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's on in Windows 10. I don't think it's going away. I think it's its use is dramatically down. I, I don't think people are going to be using Internet Explorer uh, for any reason unless they have legacy sites that need it. And so Microsoft is not going to just strip it out. There's too many co countries, companies that still need it because they have old legacy uh, products that still depend on it. They're not going to remove it. But Edge is by all means uh, forward. The path forward, geez, I'm struggling today. And so Internet Explorer is not going away. Windows 8.1 will come and go and Internet Explorer will still continue to survive. I wouldn't worry about that. Now, their older iterations, they're eventually going to dump and leave it on the last version for probably many years, but it's definitely not going away. Uh, is Shervin says, I am using Windows 10 Mail and I'm having a major problem. It seems that when I send emails, some of them end up in the draft folder and never get sent. I have had customers who thought I answered uh, thinking I've never gotten back to them. 
so a couple things here. Um, if you're using Outlook, like Outlook.com for this, then I'd be more concerned. I'm guessing that it's maybe a Google Apps issue. And so I would try re-authenticating, remove the app and add it again. I did have that issue for a while. I've stopped using the Mail app because of issues such as that. And I'm now on Newton. It's not free. So, you know, your mileage may vary if you want to pay for it. But um, I would recommend, even if it is the Microsoft one, removing the app and re-adding it because it clearly sounds like there's some sort of connection issue also be careful if you're doing attachments that will tend to screw things up too because sometimes uh the local app will let you upload you know attach a larger file than the actual the apis and communication layer supports from google or at microsoft so be careful of that too and those could be two things you could try uh, luke says i have a custom built PC myself. I have a Skylake CPU that is listed under Microsoft patch for Spectre Meltdown, but my motherboard hasn't released a BIOS update for my chipset in over a year and a half. Do I gamble and apply the patch from Microsoft has manually, or do I wait for Microsoft to release these patches and Windows update automatically? Will they release them via Windows update automatically? So I don't know. Right now it's in the catalog, and I believe you can go grab them if you want, is what he's referring to. My recommendation would be first to search your motherboard's forums and ask around if anybody else has tried this yet, because I don't quite know. Um, I, I'm not knowledgeable enough on the microcodes that's coming through that if it's going to wreck your machine. I don't think it will. My, my gut tells me that these updates that you can install uh, would be fine, but you are going to need to look at your specific motherboard and configuration to determine if that's going to happen. Uh, Redstar92 says, it's, it seems to be pretty slow time for Microsoft for the last couple of weeks. Other than Emma's build news, are you sitting on any fun stuff that you will publish in the next few weeks? Uh, you know, we're always kind of noodling around and stuff. There's obviously the Andromeda's floating around there. There's some interesting things coming with Redstone 5 um, that Microsoft is working on, but I'm not really ready to run with quite yet because uh, I don't know if they're actually going to materialize. Um, you know... You guys kind of, if you're listening to this podcast, have a pretty good indication on where Microsoft is headed. They don't keep a lot of things, big, big, big secrets. The other kind of thing that's out there is the next iteration of HoloLens is on the horizon. Um, I'm curious, we might see this at Build. I, I haven't fully been able to get a bunch of people to say, yeah, mostly probably because Build isn't fully locked down on what's going to be announced. We're still too far out. But the next gen HoloLens uh, should be starting to poke its head out here pretty soon. So that's kind of up in the air about when that stuff will come out. I don't know if build might be might be a smidge early, but I I don't know. I go back and forth. I, I know roughly what their timelines were from when they told me or when I figured out stuff. What was it last year, roughly about this time or two years ago. So uh, you got HoloLens 2, or technically I guess it's HoloLens 3. They canceled 2. You've got Andromeda, um, that device, which is very it's a very real product. And you've got Redstone 5. And so those are some pretty big things. There's some enterprise stuff too that are coming down the pipe. Uh, I'm curious to see how Teams evolves. There's um, things happening in that segment. And so there's a lot of interesting stuff coming. It's just, you know, what's going on. And um, Gotham J says, what about Surface Studio 2? I haven't heard anything about Surface, Sturdy, Surface Studio 2 yet. But this thing is, they, they need just a spec refresh. And I wonder if they're going to do it like across the board at this point. But that thing needs a spec bump. Um... Uh, I don't think we're going to see a Surface Pro update. I mean, it's getting close, coming up on a year, but we just got the LTE iteration. It'd be real weird if they pushed out a new version of the Surface Pro and then the old version had the LTE. So I don't think we're going to see that. Um, so, so there was laptops getting 
about to hit year old too. So I don't know. Studio seems like the next big one that should happen, but I haven't actually heard anything. And if it's just going to be a minor thing, then it, typically we don't hear a lot of noise just because I don't think they need to change the form factor of that thing. Just throw a full solid state drive in there, uh, update the silicon and um, new graphics chip, and I think you'd be good, right? I, that screen, every day I look at it, and then I come back over here and look at these 4Ks. And so, yeah, um, that's... Uh, that's another good one as well, actually. I'm trying to think of what else. We're not going to see any band or any wearable, I don't think, in the near future. So, yep, we will see, guys. Um, as always, everybody, this has been uh, another episode of The Sam's Report. Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. I'm supposed to get a bunch of snow that's not happy, but a um, bunch of snow. And um, as always, guys, appreciate the questions. Appreciate you tuning in. And, and if you ever want to drop any other questions, throughout.com. Um, you can find it in the forums. There is a great place to do it. I'm going to be around for a little bit today and apparently I'm not going anywhere this weekend. So have yourselves a wonderful Friday and we'll catch you right back here next time.